Hey yo, welcome to the Gas Cast. It is Gabe. I'm here driving through the mountains of Kentucky. Not too far from Knoxville, man. Not too far from Knoxville, baby. Shout out to uh, young Ozzy, Brendan, and Masson. Young Chris Lemon. Everybody. Um, so, I have been, I was in Indiana. I had to go pick up a load. And I was in this little little town with a bunch of little, uh, Ar- why do I want to call them Armenians? They're not fucking Kardashians. What what are the people that follow, jo- uh, was it Joseph Smith? Is Joseph, no, no. What, what are they called? God damn it. I'm Mennonites? Not Mennonites. The people like them. Amish. The, the Amish. It was a lot of Amish people. They were riding on horses and buggies. And they were super nice. The ladies wearing these. Big old dresses, like the reds, the blues, the oranges, the browns. Like, I haven't really seen, like, a full-body brown dress ever. I saw one this this past few day, days, days, day. I don't fucking know. Why can't I talk? What's wrong with me? Anyways, uh, yeah. Now, it was it was a cool experience. Those guys are cool. Um, haha. My friend told me that I should have rolled roll down the window and asked him, how much horsepower did they have? Because <laughs> they ride on horses. All right, but anyways, that's not what I'm here to talk to you about. I'm here to talk to you about some fucking sports. As you are aware of by now, I am sure, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee walkie-talkies, captured the NBA Finals Championship over the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, their son has set, and they are back at home. Or in Cancun, crying because the sun's shining on Milwaukee. Shout out to Giannis onto the Kumpo, beasting, having probably the best finals closeout game in the history of finals closeout games. 50 points, hit 17 of his 19 free throws, hugely surprising. But the most impressive thing about that game, well, other than the free throws, was him having some moves, man. Everybody talking about he ain't got no skill, he ain't got no bag. You know, hit mid-range shots. He knocked down a three, hit a couple of jump hooks. I mean, he just made it happen. He made it do what he does. He made it happen all over the court. And then defensively, he was a monster. Five blocks. Really, probably should have had maybe seven or eight of them. Uh, shots being called off or called goaltends or whatever. But huge on the defensive side. And then for the co-stars. Offensively, they didn't play great. I know at one point in the game, Giannis was like 12 for 21 from the field, and everybody else on the Bucks team was like 14 for 44. Um, not good enough, but apparently good enough because Giannis just beasted. He did his thing. Um, but on the defensive side, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton played fucking fantastic. Drew Holiday had one of the most amazing steals I think I've ever seen. So. Devin Booker had the ball at around maybe like uh, right below the three-point line, right there at it at least. And I believe that he jabbed left and then went to his right. Now, Drew Holiday, it, you can you can anticipate things. Obviously, he anticipated this play. But it wasn't just they anticipated. I mean, if he could read Devin Booker's mind – it would have been too slow for what he did. It was like he jumped into the future, knew exactly where Devin Booker was going to be. And as soon as he dribbled the ball right, Drew Holiday literally just carried the ball. It was like a quarterback handoff where 
instead of like the quarterback handing the ball off to the running back stomach, basically uh, Booker bounced the ball, and whenever the ball was coming back up to his hand, Drew Holiday had it in his stomach and was headed the other way. It was one of the most impressive steals I've ever seen. It is, it's the most impressive steal that I can remember seeing. Like, of course, somebody can cross over and you can, like, pick him from the other way. That's kind of anticipation. But this man, it was like he moved into the future and was there. He was just there and took the ball. So an excellent defender. Uh, Drew Holiday, is he, is he, like, a top five defensive point guard of all time behind, like, guys like Walt Frazier and, um, of course, Gary Payton, Michael Jordan, guys like that, Muggsy Bowes? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but excellent performances on the defensive end. Bobby Portis, uh, the spark of that team, a guy who I believe if Chris Middleton is having a good game, they'll probably win because Giannis is that dominant. All he needs is a little bit of help. Um, but if he's not having a good game, he does offer you something defensively. But as far as, like, importance to the team, I believe Bobby Portis is – the second or third most important player on that team. Giannis, obviously, number one. You get Drew's defense, of course. Very, very important. But Bobby Portis's energy coming off the bench, uh, it, it was it was amazing. It was infectious. It had the crowd going wild. It had his team playing up to their peak potential, really. And it especially helps whenever it's not just his energy, but he's providing production. He scored, I believe, in the double digits uh, last game. So he he was awesome for that Milwaukee team. Um, on the other side for the Suns, they just came up short, man. They just came up short. Chris Paul, he played decently. Devin Booker played well enough, I guess. But it they couldn't do anything with Giannis. Uh, them losing uh, Dario Saric. No extra defender to help on the inside whenever uh, DeAndre Ayton would get into some type of foul trouble. So Ayton had to um, Ayton had to uh, not be in foul trouble. He couldn't play uh, as aggressively as he would like to play, and Giannis basically just ate his lunch. So it's nothing really you can do do there with that but that that was just the fact of life uh so how does this affect things does this keep Devin Booker being the quote-unquote best shooting guard in the league like I said before which I'm not sure if I said on this podcast or not but I believe that James Harden moves over to the one we'll consider him a one uh a one a point guard Kyrie, if he moves over to the two, I think Kyrie is the best shooting guard in the league. Um, but just out of the shooting guards, so you have D-Book, Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, guys like that. Um, D-Book's not that great at defense, but really none of those guys are particularly great at defense. They're just really good at scoring. Would I have Devin Booker as the best shooting guard in the league behind Kyrie Irving? I think I'd probably take Bradley Bill, but I think that he's going to move down a step because I think that Zach, next year, Zach Levine is going to make a leap. I think Zach Levine will be the second best, but right now, I'd have uh, Bradley Bill number two. I'd take, I'd take uh, either Mitchell or Booker. Who do I like more? 
I think Booker has more of a smooth game than Mitchell, but Mitchell can score in bunches. I would take Booker. He's taller. He can score in bunches as well. I'm going to take Booker. Then I'd probably take Mitchell and then Levine. But like I said, I think Levine is going to make a jump next year. Or if he keeps up the production that he has been, um, depending on what the other guys do, we'll, we shall see what happens. We'll see what happens with the Bulls. But uh, Devin Booker, where he stands right now in my book, third best shooting guard in the league currently. Um, as for Chris Paul, doesn't really matter what position that you put him in as point guard because the point guard position has changed. I mean, he's definitely a top ten guy, uh, top five leader at least. But if you are considering Braun a point guard, Luca a point guard, James Harden a point guard, all these guys that aren't traditionally point guards, then he would fall behind them. But if you just take point guards as like the six foot three and under guys, um, Chris Paul is probably second, third. I take Steph Curry number one. No, no argument. Damian Lillard's my number two. No, no argument. And then after that, you could throw in a Chris Paul or a Russell Westbrook or a John Moran, a Trey Young, wherever you would like them to land. Uh, but that's not really important. What is important is. Uh, Chris Paul's all-time status. Are people going to look at this finals and knock him for it? Wherever you had Chris Paul, does, does Chris Paul losing this finals knock him out of contention for being a top five point guard all-time? I do not think so. I honestly already thought Chris Paul had top five potential to eat without the finals appearance. Just the finals appearance and the finals win. A finals appearance and a, a finals win would solidify it. Finals appearance definitely boosts his case. Steve Nash didn't go to the finals. Yeah, he got two MVPs, but there are people with MVPs that there are people that don't have MVPs that are better than people with MVPs. I.e. Derrick Rose. Yes, I know my Memphis fans, y'all hate to hear this, and I hate to say it. I love D. Rose. God dang it, he was only three years into the league and he won an MVP, so he still could have got significantly better, but he was hampered by injuries. He was hampered by injuries. But there are players that don't have MVPs that are better than Derrick Rose all time. So I don't think that just the MVP argument gets it. I think that the things that Steve Nash can do better than Chris Paul are only slightly better than – yeah, he's only slightly better than Chris Paul at doing those things that he is better than Chris Paul at doing. But the things that Chris Paul are better at doing, i.e. defense, he's significantly better than Steve Nash at it, significantly better. So, and everywhere he goes, his teams win every single place, um, even whenever they're counted out, i.e. the fucking Oklahoma City Thunder, i.e. being up on the Golden State Warriors, falling, being injured. Maybe they would have won if uh, he didn't get injured in 20, what, 17, and then in 2018, they were up, they were up 2-3, two, 2-3-2, three, two, three, two, maybe. I don't think they were up 3-2 on Golden State. Can't really remember. Uh, obviously, they fucking lost, so it doesn't really matter, but... um yeah, shout out to Chris Paul. Um, so where does he land on my all-time list? Magic Johnson, the undisputed number one. I don't think anybody anytime soon is going to take that spot from him. Stephen Curry, he's my number two. Just his ability, just how he's changed the game. He probably has had the greatest impact on the game behind Will Chamberlain. Nobody has had more rule changes uh, change for them to make the game harder for them than Will. Chamberlain himself, uh, they changed the rules to make the game easier for Jordan, basically. Um, so always remember that, kids. 
in your in your Jordan debates. Obviously, I think Jordan is the go, but whatever. Not here and not there. So Magic Johnson, Stephen Curry. I think Isaiah Thomas is the third best uh, point guard of all time. He was a dude that could give you. 24 points a game while averaging over 14 assists. He has the second highest assist average in a season behind only John Stockton, and Stockton had the second leading scorer. Who needed who? Carl Malone would have scored all those points whether he had John Stockton or not. But would John Stockton have all those assists if he didn't play with Carl Malone? Who knows? Who knows? My answer is no, just just so you know. Um, so I have Isaiah Thomas, and he beat. Bird, he beat Magic, and he beat Jordan. He beat these top 10 NBA greats. I don't have Isaiah Thomas anywhere near my top 10. He's probably top 20, top 30. But in his peak, his peak performance is the third best point guard of all time. I'm sorry. Um, actually, I'm not sorry. Fuck you. Um, number four. Number four is hard because it just depends on what you like. So as far as resume goes, Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple-double for three or four seasons. He has won an MVP. But my knock against him is the last two, three minutes of the game. He loses his team games. I'm sorry. I see it. I've watched it happen. And also, what has he done without Kevin Durant? With Paul George, out in the first round. With Paul George again, out in the first round. Without anybody, out in the first round. With James Harden, out in the second round. With uh, Bradley Beal on the Wizards. Granted, it's not a good team out in the first round. He doesn't really affect winning. Yes, his teams win regular season games, but as far as like pushing throughout the playoffs, nah, you, you're not getting it done with Russell Westbrook. So he's not my number four guy. Um, I'm a huge Gary Payton fan because I think that he can get you 20 points, he can get you eight assists, and he can lock up your other guard. Uh, look at what he did to Jordan in the finals in 96. He played excellent defense on Jordan whenever he got to guard him. Uh, Jordan, I think he shot 41% from the field. This is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He shoots over 50% for his career in, in the playoffs. He, he balls out. He shot 41% against Gary Payton in the Supersonics that year. So that says a lot about GP's defense. Um I have, he's my personal favorite, or one of my personal favorites, but I wouldn't have him at number four. Number four would probably go to, and I know this is controversial, I think that Chris Paul would probably be the fourth best point guard for what he is able to offer you offensively and defensively. Yes, he hasn't had a ton of playoff success, but he's also got fucked in a lot of playoffs as far as injuries and things go. Um, but if you have to go by just resume, maybe you throw in a Jason Kidd there, a guy who does have a finals win. No, he didn't win at the peak of his powers, but he got there. He made two finals with the Nets. Granted, it was in a weak-ass East, but he did get there. And then he's a guy who was a big guard, um, six foot seven, six foot eight. Uh, he averaged double-digit assists multiple years. He could score decently. Uh, didn't really have a jump shot until he was on near his Mavericks career. And all, along being on the Mavericks, he finally started hitting some threes. Um, but he could he could facilitate your offense. He impacted winning. So I would probably take Jason Kidd there at the four spot. Um, no, I'm sorry. Chris Paul is my four, my personal four. 
I take Jay Kidd at five. I put Steve Nash right there at six. Um, now, would I take Steve Nash or Russell Westbrook? No. I think I take Steve Nash at six. The thing, something special that I love about Larry Bird, before he came to the Celtics, they won like 19 games. His first year, his rookie year as a Celtic, they won 50. Steve Nash had a similar effect on his team. I don't think that they won. They had a negative record whenever he did not play. And before he went to the Phoenix Suns, with relatively the same roster, they won like 20, 30 games. His first year on that Suns team, they won 30 or in between 50 and 60 games. That's impact. That is very important. Um, he went, I believe, like six years basically averaging 50, 40, 90 from the field. Um, like a 14 points per game, uh, 11, 12 assists per game. He definitely had impact. Not really that great on defense, but if you're putting out that much offensive, uh, offensive production, then your defense, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter as much. So I'll probably take Steve Nash right there at six, and I'll probably put Russell Westbrook at seven, but those are, that, that would be my seven, uh, I guess to round out eight. We go, um, I know Oscar Robinson, they say he's overrated. I, I throw, I kind of put the 1960s guys, pre, pre-1980s guys off to the side, but if I had to, throw an Oscar Robinson in there, maybe a, a KJ. Um, oh, Stockton, I'm sorry, Mr. I'm sorry, Mr. Stockton, I disrespected you there. I will put you after Steve Nash. No, mm, no, I'll put you after Steve Nash, sorry. The, the disrespect is real, but I'm sorry. I'll take you after Steve. And uh, so that's eight. Oscar Robinson, nine. And, oh, fuck, Gary Payton. I'm sorry, Gary. I'll put you. Yeah, fuck that. that move everybody down. After CP3 at four, uh, Gary Payton, five. Jason Kidd, six. Steve Nash, seven. John Stockton, eight. And then we'll throw in. Oscar Robinson, nine. No, Russell Westbrook, nine. Oscar Robinson, ten. So you guys just listen to me go through my point guard list. I'm, I'm sorry that was gruesome, uh, but I was thinking it through. And plus, I'm driving, so hey, split split decisions here. Uh, let's talk about Giannis for a little bit. Giannis onto the Kumpo. So two MVPs, one Defensive Player of the Year. Could have won multiple Defensive Player of the Year awards. Um, could have won multiple, or a third MVP, of course. The voters had voter fatigue. Nobody's won three straight MVPs since the late, well, not the late great Larry Bird. He's still living since Larry Bird in the 1980s. Uh, so they didn't grant Giannis another MVP this year. But now he had uh, averaged 35 in the finals, 35 points, double-digit rebounds, a few, couple blocks, I believe, shot about 60%. Um, where will he rank all time? Obviously, he's still climbing. But how many guys, how many small forwards would you take over him? I would take LeBron James. I would take Larry Bird. I would take Kevin Durant. Uh, this is where it starts to get hairy. Would you take uh, Kawhi Leonard over him? Right now, all time, I believe that Kawhi Leonard ranks over him. Um, Dr. J. Dr. J would rank over him for me currently. Um, Scotty Pippen. Would you rather have Giannis or Scottie Pippen? At the peak of their powers, I'd definitely take Giannis. So, Scottie, you're awesome. You're out the top five. Uh, Melo, definitely Giannis over Melo. Uh, so, I think he's in top five contention. If he did nothing else, 
for the rest of his career. He, top five potential. Um, of course, he's going to put up big numbers. And I'm saying if he doesn't win another, another championship, he's at least top five. Um, will he be able to be uh, one of the NBA greats as far as cracking the all-time list? I believe so. Um, it's, it's hard to crack that top ten. We shall see where he's at. But let's talk about current current status. So right now, Giannis has the crown. He has the crown as the best player in the NBA. But is he really the best player in the NBA? There are guys that would take over Giannis right now. Um, LeBron James, he was not 100% himself, and he dealt with the injury of Anthony Davis, so he didn't have his co-star. And uh, if you look at the stats... When Anthony Davis went out in that game, I believe game five or game six, the Lakers outscored the Phoenix Suns with that horrible fucking roster. Uh, AD might have been hurting them just that bad. Um, but I believe that LeBron with a healthy co-star and a decent team, he'll take you to the finals. So LeBron James, I still believe, is the best player in the league um, realistically. We'll see. We'll see if that gets changed obviously the gap between LeBron and everybody else has shrank he used to be head and shoulders over everybody else and it wasn't really a question but now we're questioning these things uh I would take LeBron James over him um Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard this year in the playoffs averaged over 30 points shot over 50 percent it was like deep 50s he shot like 55 percent and unlike Giannis where Giannis can just go in and just cram the ball through the net. Uh, he was knocking down mid-range shots. He was knocking down three-point shots. And we already know he can lock up a guy. Now, that can't be said <laughs> because we saw what Luka Doncic did to him and Paul George. Just straight up cooked him. Now, in the fourth quarter, he got his ass locked up. If you look at Luka Doncic's uh, percentages in the fourth quarter, they kind of stopped all that. But his numbers were very, very healthy. Uh, throughout the, throughout the series. Um, but Kawhi Leonard, he has an argument for being one of, uh, the best players in the league. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, who many consider is the best player in the world right now. Not so sure, but he can definitely score from anywhere with the utmost efficiency. At one point, he had a streak going of shooting, I believe, like 58% from the field and 52% from three. If you're doing that, God damn it. It ain't really nothing I can say about it. Kevin Durant, he's obviously gotten a a lot better at defense. Um, At least we view him as such from his Golden State days where he would jump center and play pretty excellent defense. I think he averaged like a block and a half. Even in this series, whenever he played against the Bucks, he averaged like a block and a half. But Kevin Durant with another co-star, if James Harden was fully healthy – or just the Kyrie fully healthy, I believe they would have went to the finals and won the whole thing. Uh, so Kevin Durant, I would rank above Giannis. Now, I won't give Kawhi a definitive thing, but just talking about Giannis, being that he can shoot 60% from the field, he can just stuff the ball in the rim. That's just what he can do. It, it's not really a thing as far as efficiency where Kevin Durant would be more efficient than Giannis. Yes, he has more skills. Than Giannis, yes, he can score from more different places than Giannis, but shit, two points is two points, and if I can constantly put two points in the basket, I you could miss some shots, man. 
So where where would you put that? And then Giannis is definitely way better at defense than Kevin Durant is. He can guard all five positions. So where where does he rank? Who knows? I would take some guys personally. I would take some guys over Giannis, but nothing is definitive. It's not definitive. Um, I think arguments for guys to be better. Luka Doncic. I believe that if he had any kind of help, he would move forward. He would definitely be in talks as the best player in the world. Um, James Harden. He was rocking it. He was killing it whenever KD and um, and Kyrie Irving were out and during the regular season. He has a stake of the claim. Uh, Joel Embiid, he has a stake of the claim. Jokic, he was the current MVP. So there is a gluttony of talent in the NBA right now. There are some guys that are head and shoulders above other guys. But um, Giannis, you do have the crown. I will give you the crown. But uh, don't feel too comfortable, man. There's people volleying behind you, vying behind you for their position. But that was a lot. I'm out of breath. And, uh, yeah, I thank you guys for listening. This has been fun. Peace. Oh, before I say peace, sorry. Happy birthday to Zach. Happy belated. His birthday was um, yesterday, July the 21st. Happy birthday to him. And my cousin, Jeremy, it's her birthday today. Happy birthday to you as well. Love you. And uh, I love you too, guys, all of you, my sweet, sweet listeners. Thank you. Yo, hit me up. You got some hot takes? Hit me up. Let me know. We can come on the podcast. We can talk about it, baby. But love you guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.